In this episode of the Legendary Life Podcast, I am back with part two of how to become a successful public speaker. And if you haven't listened to part one, go check that out. And again, this is a bit different than what I usually do, what I usually cover. However, I think there's golden lessons in each of these episodes. And in this whole idea of becoming a, a successful public speaker. So Alan asked some follow-up questions based on the first episode. And so I'm going to answer them. And uh, if you want to see his entire email, go ahead and go to the show notes. But I'm just going to answer each question as they come up. So let's get to it. Question, what skills do you need to work on daily to become a great public speaker? Do you have any courses or books you recommend? And in the, the first episode, I already talked about Thomas Plummer's public speaking course that really set the stage for me to be a successful speaker, to have the basics handled. I also did Toastmasters, but only for a little while, and improv acting classes. You should do a Google search for public speaking seminars in your area as well. Dale Carnegie has courses all around the country. I've also heard great things about Michael Port's speaking seminar. I think it's called Heroic Public Speaking. And also, just practice every single day. When you talk to people, are you umming and awing? Are you listening? Are you trying to get your point across in as few words as possible? Those are all things you can practice every single day in all conversations. And a list, uh, I put together a list of, of uh, resources that you can use. And here are some to get you started. Roger loves vocal power. And if you've been listening to this podcast for a while, you've heard, already heard me talk about that. And the vocal power CD, it's actually a CD course. I'm sure you can get it as a digital download as well. And you may not have heard of Roger, but he's helped the who's who of celebrities. In fact, I watched Tony Robbins' Netflix documentary recently, I Am Not Your Guru, which I highly recommend you check out. And he was doing the vocal warm-ups found in this CD course. That's the level that Roger, the level of people who follow Roger Love's vocal warm-ups and it's almost like singing singing scales you're you're practicing your voice you're you're working your voice you're working different pitches and it's it's fantastic i would i should do it I, I don't think you want to do it every day but every other day or something like that that can help train the instrument train the muscles because part of public speaking is whether people like the sound of your voice or not that's the truth. You could have great information and sound like that. And people don't want to listen to you because they don't like the sound of your voice. And some people have strange voices. I've heard some strange voices. And by the way, we're not, we, we don't have to settle for that. There are things you can do if you're a very nasally speaker or if you're, if you don't have much range, there's a way that you can become sound better and it's by training your voice and Roger loves vocal power is an easy way to do it. You can also get singing lessons or voice coach lessons. 
the book The Naked Presenter by Gar Reynolds. Uh, the, the, I talked about Thomas Plummer's speaking course. He gives you The Naked Presenter by Gar Reynolds, Presentation Zen by Gar Reynolds, Resonate by Nancy Duarte, and Slide, I forget, Slideology by Nancy Duarte. So you get four books when, when you go to the event. It's pretty cool. And I've read, I've read three of them. Uh, at the, the Slideology I haven't read, but I've read the other three and they're very good. In fact, I put up a link to those. I also put up a link to Nancy Duarte's TED Talk. It's called The Secret Structure of Great Talks. Watch that. It will help you become a better speaker by understanding the structure that uh, the template that great talks follow. Next question. How did you land your first public speaking gig? What should you charge? How do you charge as you get better? How do you calculate speaking prices? Great questions. And I'll tell you, I've done a few seminars and talks before, but I'll tell you how I landed my first speaking gig since I've been serious about public speaking. Because I've been asked many times to speak in the past when I was in my 20s and I said, oh, no way. I got nervous just thinking about it. There's no way you could have gotten me up there. Even if you paid me, I didn't understand what I had to do to build the skills and the confidence to get up on stage and rock it out. Now there's so much information everywhere and I just gave you already a ton of resources that you can follow up on. And if you just did the, read those books, watch that Ted talk and did Roger loves vocal power course, you'd be well on your way to becoming uh, a, a solid beginning speaker. So how did I land my first interview uh, interview? Sorry, my first speaking gig. Well, the first serious speaking gig I've done is uh, when I interviewed Aaron Marino of I Am Alpha M. And after the talk, I said, Aaron, I really like your message. I think you're a good guy. Why don't we do a retreat together where I handle the health and fitness and you handle the style? Now, I didn't realize how big of a deal Aaron was, as I mentioned in the part one. But he said, yeah, well, yeah, okay. But uh, hey, by the way, I have uh, this thing called StyleCon that I'm putting on. Why don't you come and give a talk on it? And we went back and forth about topics. And that really kick-started my speaking gigs this year, actually. It's hard to believe that was in March. And we're just a few months beyond that. And I've already done three big events and uh, so it, it was cool. It was, uh, it was fun. And the way I landed my first keynote was a bit different. I connected with a person who had been listening to my podcast. She emailed me. We ended up talking and I offered her some assistance on a problem, some, some issue uh, that she was having. And I never expected anything back. Then she, we, we kept in touch. She kept listening to the podcast. Then she said there was an event that she was part of she was part of the uh, uh one of the planners for the the event and they needed a speaker and she remembered when i had mentioned that i wanted to do more public speaking 
So she connected me with the event planner and I spoke on the phone with the event planner and boom, I sold her on giving me a chance. And I had my first paid keynote speech. It was such an awesome, awesome experience. And so what should you charge? How do you charge as you get better? I asked Thomas Plummer, who I'm in contact with, right? You heard him on the podcast recently. I've, I bring him up probably a lot lately, especially because he's helped me on some other things as well. He told me at my level right now with all the effort I put into speaking, I should be charging 3000 And so that's the starting price in, in speaking. And I know for, for some of you, you're like, what? Are you serious? Because before, uh, uh, well, actually before that, I was thinking, I didn't know what to charge. You know, what, what, what is that worth? I mean, uh, sp speaking is very different than public uh, personal training. So that's what he told me for a keynote. And so that's what I charge. And some of you may be thinking, whoa, Ted, three grand to, to go talk up on stage? That's, that's a little much, isn't it? And there, speakers go for all prices, right? You can find speakers for all ranges. And to be honest, it's on the lower side of a person who gets up and gives a, a good keynote presentation. 5,000 is what an established speaker would charge. And that's my goal. However, I've only done one paid speaking gig this year. Now I've done three talks. I have one more talk and I'm working on um, a few other talks. So, so I've had to pay my dues. It's not like people are just throwing money at me, okay? Not yet. <laughs> It'll happen. But I have to pay my dues, and that includes speaking for free. However, when you do speak for free, you should let people know, this is what I charge. And I want people to know, if I decide to speak for free at the event, because... I want the footage from the event. I want the experience. I want to reach the audience of the event because I think it, it's a great audience. Like for the 21 convention, I want them to know how much I charge. So how do you how, what do you charge and how do you charge as you get better? Uh, you'll, you'll know the answer to that once you get started, but you have to consider, you have to consider where you are in life how much of an expert you are. I mean, I've been in a, a health and fitness professional for 17 years. I, uh, I've, I've done a lot of work to become a better speaker in part from all the podcasts. I didn't even talk about that, but I've done, you know, 300 over 300 podcast episodes. So, so that's where I'm at. That's what Thomas Plummer said I should charge based on where I'm at. And, but, but you could charge 500, you could charge a thousand, you could charge 1500, you could charge 2000. Okay. For me to go speak at an event, to, to speak to a corporation, to speak, uh, I'll, I'll charge 3000 and it will, uh, that will not include the travel expenses because that's what it's my business. That's what I do for a living. It's one of my, I'm a professional speaker now. So that's, that's me. So you'll figure out how to charge as you get better when you get into the business and how do you calculate speaking prices? Um, I'm not the one to, to answer that, right? Because I had to ask someone, 
I would, what I would suggest to you is to go and become part of the Speakers Bureau or become part of the Speaker Association, go to Toastmasters, talk to people, people who are more established than I am because I just started seriously this year. I'm a professional speaker as of this year. So go to talk, go ask those people what they recommend. People who have been in the business for longer, people who know the business. Here's another great question. How do you prepare for a talk? And what a great question that is. And the first thing I do is I ask whoever is putting on the event, whoever is planning the event, I ask of a lot of questions about the attendees and what their ideal outcome would be from my talk. What do they want? It's not about what I want. It's about what they want. Then Giselle and I work to create the flow of the talk and she helps design a slideshow to supplement the presentation. And a quick note about slides. The slides should augment your presentation, but it's about the way it's about you and the way you communicate with the audience, not the slides. And so many people do a terrible job with PowerPoints. And you, if you want a resource on that, read Slideology. I didn't even need to read it because I took Thomas's class and that's the way we do things. We don't put up a ton of information on a slide. We, we put up slides that reinforce the points that I'm talking about so that people look at the slide and they're like, uh, okay, and then they look back at me to explain it. If you put a lot of information on a slide, what people do is they ignore you and read the slide. You don't want that. So after we have the rough draft, I run through the talk over and over, refining the flow of the talk as well as the slide presentation. I, For every talk that I've given this year and will give this year, I've given that talk dozens of times to my couch. <laughs> yes, my couch with my iPhone with the timer on it. Because if I'm going to get paid to do something or if I'm going to be speaking at an event that people are paying to be at and I want the exposure and I want to be a respected speaker, I take that shit seriously. And I want you to take it seriously. So I practice one or two times every day leading up to the talk. That's what I do to be prepared. And I, I try to do it a month out. Now for the last talk I gave, I only had two weeks to prepare. And that's when I started trying to double up every single day. Practice, practice, practice. That's the key. And about practice, for the last talk, I missed, uh, I was I was invited to you know participate in the event. When you speak at an event, they let you attend it. You can watch the other speakers. I missed a lot of the presentations simply because I was up in the room. I was making sure my presentation was going to go over well. I was focused on that. I would have loved to just relax and watch the other people talk and learn a few things. I just watched, but but I didn't have time for that. I, I need a month of practice to really knock it out of the park. I had two weeks. It was a little uncomfortable to say yes to it, but I did. Giselle and I worked hard to put it together and I put the time in to make sure that I was up there doing a great job, not a shoddy job because you can't say, oh, well, I only had two weeks to prepare. No, you do what it takes. Practice, practice, practice. Lastly, I memorize the flow of the talk, but I don't memorize the talk. If you're trying to remember the exact words 
then it'll take you out of the flow, out of the connection. You're not going to be present. You're going to be up in your head. And you want to be there looking your audience in the eyes, looking at each one of them, making a connection. Your audience can feel that. I hope you feel that when I'm on here. It's not the same, of course, because we're not seeing each other, but I'm here with you. I'm not trying to memorize something and, and to spout it out and trying to, mm, what was that thing that I said, the way it would be perfect. It's about, it's not about the perfection. At the end of the day, it's about creating an authentic connection, not regurgitating content. content. And I do my best to tell stories and entertain while delivering the best information I have. So the next question is, how can you create a public speaking conference or workshop with other speakers who can complement your services and value you offer? How do you sell a conference to get a good turnout at your event? Whoa, that's a way outside of my experience so far. What I'll recommend to you is that you try to connect with some other people locally and, and, and put it together locally. Try to get some people uh, together. And that's what I did with Matt Pack and John Criney when I did a seminar for personal trainers. We promoted it on social media and uh, we, we promoted it also through a podcast we had beforehand to see if anybody was interested. So it's better to ask other people about that than me, but I would suggest try to do something locally. Why try to go, don't try to go big right away before you know what you're getting yourself into. By the way, here's something to consider. A lot of speaking events, a lot of conferences don't make money. For example, Dave Asprey, who has a very successful conference called the Bulletproof uh, Conference, I believe. He said he broke even because it was so costly to rent the space, to put on the events, to have the vendors, all that stuff. It was actually the vendors pay to be there, but it's hard to make money with events. It just blows you up in terms of, in terms of people recognizing you as the people that, that put on the event as the person who puts on the event. A lot of people don't know that. People lose money on events, by the way. So that's something to consider. Start small. I'm going to do a retreat. I want to do a retreat. I think there's huge uh, potential in small retreats because the people who sign up get more because they're getting one-on-one -on -one attention and you get more because you're not having to create this entire crazy event experience for people. So let's move it along. How do you make yourself memorable to the audience you're speaking to? How do you convert public speaking audiences to your programs or services? And the answer to your first question is to strive to master the art of public speaking. Strive to be a master communicator. Be a student of the art and read all the books and articles you can. Attend all the seminars and courses you can. And most importantly, Get out there and speak. Now, the answer to your second question is a little different. I know what you're asking, but I want to tell you this. You cannot convert anyone. Marketing is becoming less and less effective. I know you didn't mean it like that, Alan, but I wanted to say it out loud so that everybody could hear this because we all know people are smart and you can't convert them or change their mind. They change their mind based on what you have to offer. 
what you can do is deliver the best information you have in the most powerful way you can. After that, you offer the opportunity to work with you. Ask them to come and see you at the back of the room after the talk if they'd like to speak with you more. Then you talk to them about what you have to offer. And make sure that you're speaking about the right thing at the right event and offering the right thing to the right people. Because, uh, for example, I wouldn't offer CEO strength to like a hardcore powerlifting group. They're like, they, they wouldn't be interested in that. Or, or hardcore bodybuilders, they wouldn't be interested in that. They, I'm, I market to people who are fit or want to be fit, but they're busy, they're professionals, and they they think about fitness differently. They don't think about, you know, they're not overweight power lifters who have, uh, you know, have high blood pressure because they don't do an aerobic exercise because they don't, uh, you know, because it may like ruin their strength gains or bodybuilders who want to take a lot of roids and do these crazy diets so they can step on stage shredded wheat. Like that's not what I do. I, I deal with real people, right? Not that they're not real, but like people who have lives who are busy in their lives. And, uh, you know, we, we, there are some people who obviously compete in bodybuilding and powerlifting that are cool. But the point I'm trying to make is make sure you're connecting with your, the right audience for you. And when you do that, it'll be easy. And the best sales advice quote unquote sales advice I've ever received is from Zig Ziglar in his secrets of closing the sale. And he talks about good selling comes from good people. Good selling is about having integrity, about being honest. And, and I used to have such an issue with selling when I was in personal training. I, I felt so uncomfortable until I was like, wait a minute, selling is simply just being honest about where, what you have, where they are and what you can do for them. And I tell I, I, I think I've given examples before I've been, uh, you know, with potential clients and they're like, well, I can go train with Joe down the street or, or Bob down the street and, uh, pay, pay less money. And I don't have to sign up for as many months. I say, then go, go hire them. If price is what you're after, I don't compete on price. I compete on results. I will give you results. I will do that in a safe and effective way. I am an expert at this. I sp spent tens of thousands of hours training people and learning fitness information. And that's what you get when you hire me. But if you're looking for a deal, go train with Bob, right? So um, I put up the uh, link to Zig Ziglar's Secrets of Closing the Sale. You can listen to it for free on YouTube. And every single person listening should listen to Zig Ziglar's Secrets of Closing the Sale. It'll change the way you communicate with people because we're all salespeople. We're all selling all the time. Whether you're trying to get your kids to eat their kale, whether you're trying to get a woman to go, go on a date with you, whether you're trying to hint to your boyfriend or husband that it may be time to, you know, do something nice for your birthday or, or for your anniversary. We're all selling all the time, whether you want to get a raise from your boss or whether you want people to come and sign up with you. I'm where I'm, you know, I'm selling, we're all selling each other, right? 
Uh, and uh, Zig Ziller says something really cool, and then I'm going to wrap this up. But what he says is, most of the time, the other person is the better salesperson. So, so they sell you try to sell them on what you have, but they sell you that uh, they they don't they either don't want or can't afford what you have. And some people really can't afford what you have, but most people it's because they don't know enough. They don't know you, they don't like you, or they don't trust you yet. And that's really the key, right? People buy from people they know, they like, and they trust. So really important to have all of that. And that has to do with pers uh, personal training. It has to do with everything actually, but it has to do with being a public speaker and selling your audience, selling the people who hire you as a public speaker, selling what you have to offer after you're done doing your talk. So in conclusion, at the end of the day, becoming a, su a successful public speaker is like anything else. It requires drive, discipline, time. It takes time to develop the skills and hard work. So I hope this serves you well, Alan, and puts you right on the path towards speaking success. I hope that you enjoy this and I hope you will check out those resources and become a better communicator, become a better salesperson, become a person of integrity, become a person that people know, like, and trust. That's the message I want to leave you with and I will talk with you next time.